Hey everybody, welcome back to the Jan Thetford podcast or show. Tanner, Jan's son, here with my mother. Mom, we're going to take a little pause here a little bit on talking about your journey of where we've been and giving some of that time management, book recs, kind of the stuff that's gotten you to where you are. Okay. Um, and we're going to look at one decision you made because it's a decision you are wrapping up here in the next few days with your fiscal year, right? Right. And then your six months with your... Ever year. Ever year. <laughs> so you're kind of, we talked about this before. We, well, it was going to be the word. <clears throat> yeah. But we talked about this kind of off screen a little bit as you're kind of the point where you're at that last deal, that marathon, and you're just ready to, you, it's going to be what it's going to be, and you're doing the best right. you can to finish well, and the result's kind of going to fall where they may. You're right. But you're a national sales director with Mary Kay Cosmetics as of this moment. Correct. Did that come by naturally, or did you have to make a decision for that at one point in your life? How did, does everybody get there? I mean, what, inform us. What's the deal? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, the last couple episode, episodes, we talked about just earning our first top director trip and making friends and, and performing at that. And we touched on that million-dollar production level. You know, there were, there's not many people in our company who've led their organizations to a million dollars in retail production in a calendar year. So we did that a couple of years. But and I even, used to think, like, the plaques are still here, but they were in our house in Whisperwood. When I was young, I'd be like, you got a million dollar check. I know. Everybody thought, I would bet we have a little bar pin that we wear. It has a million on it. People are like, you, you have a million dollars? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a bank account, so I just wear it right here on my <laughs> Yeah, so like everybody didn't know. No, well, it's just, you know, all retail as well. But the Jan Thetford area did. The Jan Thetford unit. Unit did. Just us, baby, did a million. But from that unit, while we were doing that level of production, we... Um, debuted leaders from that sales directors came out of my group which is what you were right it's it's almost like it's almost like a co a really good head coach has all these assistant directors coordinators, yeah. all these assistant coordinators and they get head jobs other places so you had you know? done that under mickey ivy i done that under mickey ivy and that was a choice that was a choice and then at that moment are you no longer under mickey ivy i am uh, she will always be my senior, and now she's retired, so emerita. She'll always be my senior director, but I'm equal in position with her. Okay. And um, so one these leaders, you know, we've talked to a couple of them, and we'll talk to some more before we're through. We're like, Jan, I want to be... I want to be a sales director. I want to be a leader. I want to do what you do. Then um, we started having more than one, and then and all of a sudden I... And just started thinking about what would it look like if I stepped away from just it kind of being all about me, really, and became a leader of leaders. And in that decision, what you the cool thing is is that you learn and you grow and you have these amazing relationships and the the financial compensation is fantastic. The negative thing is all of a sudden, you know, I'm. Um, having to really figure out how to get along with people and help them and encourage them and support them and I'm not their boss and I'm not their mother you know and but yet I am somebody mentor is the word now we don't we didn't use that much back then but or just the person before them so, so I don't know I always had always had that calling Tanner I I knew I can't even put it into words but I always knew that that's where I was supposed to be if I was going to do this but there's really so there's two types of businesses no matter what you do um, you either provide a service or you sell a product. 
Correct. Right. There's really nothing else. Um, right. And then like a teacher is teaching. She's a service. She, right. So you went from really product heavy. Mary Kay is unique and a lot of them are both, but you went very product heavy with a service aspect and then you kind of flipped it. Right. So your business model is new because now you're very service heavy and yet you still have people calling you for product as well. Correct. Um, but that was, could you have stayed where you were? Yes. And uh, we have a, a large community of amazing women who have stayed right there and provided great incomes for their families and been with Mary Kay for years and years and they're true blue to our culture and you know they have had so much success as a sales director. They just have not stepped up into national sales director. And it really is a calling because there's no right, wrong, or indifferent. You're not better than or less than or whatever. You just felt the call to go national. I really believe that there are some sales directors in our company today that are better than me as a national. Truthfully, I believe that. And I think it's just a matter of which which route you want to take, which avenue you want to take. And there's some people in this world starting companies as entrepreneurs that have no business doing that. Right. Because it's, it's just the way well, it works. Well, you have to be willing. We talked a little bit about grit. You have to be willing to just do the stuff you don't want to do. And I, what's interesting about our whole pr- process here, and I think it could be an example for many businesses, but I was kind of at the top of the game and made a choice to step back to go forward again mm, later. To do hard things. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so tell me about it. Tell me about the, that choice, why you chose to do that. Mm-hmm. When was it? How long ago? I mean, I was, I'm old enough to remember it. Yeah, you were an eighth grader when this happened. McKenzie so, Raiders. Yes. Rachel was a sophomore in high school. You were an eighth grader. And um, I just I just came home and told your dad that this is what I'm supposed to do. And I, for me, and it's not for everyone, but for a lot of them, for me, it was a, a big spiritual decision. I just felt like that this was going to be my mission field. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've said this before and probably in more than one podcast because I forget what I say, but when you know you get a shot at their face, you get a shot at their heart. And I just felt like that's where God called me to be. And um, it, so that's, that's began our journey. So 23 years ago, we, will, we go through the process. We call it... It's been 23 years. Mm-hmm, NIQ. National and qualification. Because I remember all this. I remember. I remember thinking it's brutal. You were really tired. It was like eighteen months or something. Or it's, it's well, yes. The process took us about eighteen months because we started with a dream, and we started with you know five or six women that said we're ready, and then we had to end with twenty. Because you needed so, five or six. You needed twenty sales directors. Twenty sales directors like you, and like, you, you were twenty five. Uh-huh, and we had five of them, and then they not only did we need them to get to that position, excuse me, <clears throat> but we had they had to. Produce. Can you name them? Yes, but let's not ask okay, me just, just in case. <laughs> well, and you know, people stay and come and go in that position as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so. Can you fall backwards? I've, yes. To get to 20, oh, now I have 18, you're no longer national. No, nationals cannot fall backwards at okay. this season of our career path. In but most US, don't. If you do the work to get there, it's very rare. Most probably. do not. Okay. Correct. And, um, you know, at that point, you just start learning how to do it. And I think I might have mentioned this, maybe not, but my first year as a national sales director was the closest I came to ever quitting Mary Kay. It after was, you'd achieved it? After. Because you're just white. Oh, it was just, well, yeah, and I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I mean, I had to really learn and thus enter books, mentors, Dr. Baxter, coaches, Dr. Baxter, um, you know, just learning how to 
Because my problem was just, I've tried, I saw so many other people through the way I see things, you know, and I'm harder on myself than anybody. So I'm like, I did it. Why can't you do it? Well, that's not a good usual leadership style. Well, because you're comparing yourself to people that are way longer in the oven. Well, they feel like I'm fussing at them. Yeah. You know, why? This is not that hard. Get with it. I did it. You know, and so I didn't really say it that way, but I I know that that attitude came uh, across. But so then I had to learn. It's very, you know, we've talked a lot about how uncommon our culture is Mm -hmm. in so many great ways. But, um, I mean, we lead volunteers. Yeah. (laughs) They are independent contractors. And if they're going through a season where they're not making money and they don't have anything else to connect them to you or to it, they're they're out. And most volunteer opportunities end after a pretty short period of time. Right. Or you, you know, you, right. so that, this is a lifelong That's career. what makes the people in our, the longevity, you know, as we celebrate 60 years right now, this year, um, as a company, it's really incredible how many people have stayed. And it's a, it's a tribute to our culture and to our product and to our price points. And there's a lot of reasons, I think, that, we, that we're still here. Well, and who you are. Okay, so, because they're not going to follow the leader. You're well, once not I got that. past that first year, I've really loved it. Like, well, not been good at it all the time, but I've loved it. From what I've seen in my life is whenever you have these huge events, like becoming a national was for you and earning that right, right, you really do have a fallout of the bottom, either emotionally or physically. And it's just like you kind of get apathetic about stuff. Like I don't really care anymore. Like, and it does take some Mm recentering on what's important to get to where you are. I don't remember that season. I do remember you working for it. Yes. And it's almost like you're so solely focused that everything else doesn't matter. And then you come out of it, you're like, well. Well, you know, you had that goal with that with that non-negotiable deadline, bam. And then you had a non-negotiable. I mean, it was you, once you get things in motion, if you don't finish, then you got to start all over. You know, I, I don't want to do that because yeah. I mean, so <laughs> that no, I can think about it right now. I don't want to. So that, so that was my non-negotiable deadline. And then, um, okay, <sighs> we're here. Now, yeah. what do we do? And then there was that learning curve for for that. Aren't some of the best things in life you look back and you say, I'm glad I did it, but I never want to do that again. Mm-hmm. Kind of like your Hell Week in fraternity. Yeah, I don't want to do that That's either. what you said. It was but the worst, best, worst, you get best, and, worst weeks of my life. You get three and a half years to whatever. Yeah. But six months for whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're going through that, but you had to make a decision. You, you've touched on it, but you felt a calling to it. I did. I mean... Because when I, when I put myself in the position to, be, to pay for someone to coach me, to pay for someone to ask me the hard questions. Right. So Dr. Nathan Baxter, he asked me a question on our very first or second time together. And he said, Jan, you have gone as far as you can go on personality and humor. Mm-hmm. You're gonna to have to get some systems, girl. You're gonna to have to figure it out. You can't just fly by the seat of your pants and heard that. You gotta teach. You gotta be able to teach how you do this, and teach how you follow up, and teach how you make money, and teach how you keep money, and teach. How, you know, you got to be able to show them what to do on that. And so that was a season that I here I can look back and say, here's the why I almost quit. I had to. It wasn't the people at all. So let's don't misunderstand that it wasn't I didn't like the people the people were fantastic and we had this little saying that we say a lot you know some people come into your life for a reason or a season or a lifetime and so some of these women had come in to fulfill their responsibilities just just to help then they were out 
Mm-hmm. They were fine. Some came first season and they didn't realize they were going to be out, but life changed and things happened. And then some for the lifetime. And, um, but what I realized now as I look back on why I almost quit, and I can say, you know, lots of things, but bottom line, I wasn't sure I wanted to do the work to become the leader that can lead them to a place of success. And it sounds like you couldn't do that by yourself. You had to have help at that point. I did have to have help. And then, but once you, once you recognize you have a problem, then you got to get to the, the next step is, do I want to fix it? How long did that season last? And, oh, and that season, I got this great job offer from a local bank here in Lubbock to come be their marketing director. And, you know. She would have hated that. I would have hated it. Yeah. Pay was good. Benefits were good. Insurance was good. And um, I thought about it, though. That's what's another thing. Like, I thought about it. It was a secure paycheck. Um, and they had all the bells and whistles. I, so I, as I thought about it, one of my final questions in the interview was, what time do I have to be there? <laughs> and, you know, I, I was very into being at home with y'all in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to pick y'all up. Somebody had to put honey buns in the microwave. Honey buns and orange rolls. Yeah, Those I mean, were nutritious. But they were delicious, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were good. We didn't know better. <laughs> anyway, um, so there you go. So I decided and had that rough first year. Twelve people, twelve of the ones that helped us get there walked away. Twelve of the twenty. Twelve. We actually had 22, 12 of the 22 walked away. Did you, did you have we, support initially though? I mean, were dad or oh, your yeah. friends and family, like oh, yeah. your people that were, they wanted you to go. Most it. people didn't really understand what I was doing. Yeah. I mean, and that, and I don't blame them at all. They didn't really get, they don't really understand what was involved. They just right. knew I was doing Mary Kay at a higher level. But, um, the people I worked with knew what we were doing. And so, and they wanted you to go for it. And one of the hardest things I ever did, if Tanya and Roxy were sitting with me right now, the, since we've had them, they would uh, either nod or giggle or something, was when I went in front of my leaders that were still with me and said, critique me. Mm. When the executives come to you and says, was that, did they do it? They did. They loved you well enough to do it? They did. And do you I remember what they said? I do on some levels, but some of it I already knew, and I was like, oh man, now more people know it too, so Mm -hmm. there you go. But you know what, that, that's, it's just like pulling out a sticker or kind of gross, lancing a boil. That's really gross. Nobody does that anymore. But anymore, just, you know, do it. Just get it all the poison out. Just put it out there. And um, And that vulnerability did allow you to speak mm -hmm. into them as well? And they were willing to work. They have, honestly, the people that are with me right this today are so open to that leadership and so grateful and appreciative and they're strong. And, but now I've learned when to lean in, when to leave them alone, when to check on them, when to not micromanage. You know, you just learn through the, through this series that these are grown women, they keep kids alive, they can do this. Yeah. And they're looking at their paycheck and their families and what their spouses are saying. I mean, they felt there's a lot to consider. Well, I want you to touch on this too, because we talked about it a little bit before we started was you know, we're coming out of this graduation season, we're ending June, and we watched one last night, Megan and I did, and it's all about find your happiness, and you can change the world. And I remember hearing that, you know, however many years ago I graduated, and it puts us in our in our minds of like, oh, we're going to be happy in our careers, and our marriages, everything's going to be great, and we're going to figure this stuff out. I remember being 23 years old thinking, I'll never struggle with money again. I'll make, you know, 40 grand a year, and this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, and and it's just a false narrative because mm-hmm. God doesn't yes. promise life to be happy. He does not. And He doesn't promise life to be easy. Parenting is hard. Marriage is hard. Right. Finding time to work out is hard. Right. What you're doing to cha- change and growth, 
or hard. incredible, hard enough to make you want to say, I don't want, I made it and I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, so can you touch on that for maybe a younger listener or right. even anybody that's, you know, maybe kind of at the end of their career or in the middle of something that it's different? You know, um, being called to something, having a passion for something, realizing that's where God has called you to. I mean, that, that probably is an hour-long conversation of how you go about doing that. And I did strive, several, tried several things. And I really put myself in a position to be open and aware. But for this podcast, what I would say just about that, Tanner, is um, I just saw the end result. You know, and I felt like... And Linda touched on that. She did. And I saw the end at the very beginning. And I, this is, seems so weird, but I really did. I thought, okay, what does my life look like? Okay, take, take what's happening right now in these circumstances with however hard it is, however tired we are, whatever. What does my life look like without Mary Kay? Without the people, without the career path, without the grind? Do I want that? And then what would I do? And I feel like sometimes we make knee-jerk decisions in jobs. We get frustrated. We get offended. We, you know, we feel like we've hit a roadblock. And we take a deep breath and just go, okay, you know. And then you go somewhere else and you realize, mm -hmm. oh, there's people here too. And it's right. the same. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's the world is the world. And you're never going to find a place that doesn't give you some of the challenges that the world gives us or the people. And people working with people is challenging. Investing and with no guarantee that they'll stick around. But, you know, you don't invest so they'll stick around. You invest because you feel called to invest. And then let the, let the people come where they are. So, yeah, that for people your age, I feel like it's not that it's... It, there's no character flaw in changing jobs or, or quitting something and starting something else. Just make sure you think through it and that you don't get back and go, I kind of wish I hadn't... I kind of made that out of emotion. Well, you, you, know? you, you see it. The most successful people are ones that have stayed somewhere stay stay the course man and everybody says go find happiness change mm -hmm. your deal i mean it's just not it's just not the way it works and happy is an interesting word i think linda said it joy so you joy. can find joy you in can anything. find joy in anything but what bring what makes us unhappy other than you know medical diagnosis divorce infidelity i mean those are things legitimate things that cause unhappiness however for the most part we're unhappy because I, our expectations haven't been met. Mm -hmm. Here's where I thought I'd be by this time. Here's what I thought it would look like. Here's what I want to do. Oh, we're not quite there. You know, we, I think we talked about it before called the frustration gap, where I am and where I think I'm supposed to be. And that's a very, people don't see it, but I see it as a very egotistical, uh, you know, look of who am I to, if I really have given my life, now here we go, we go with Christian stuff. But if I've given my life to Christ and I've given my, journey to him and I want to be a blessing I and mean, who am I to say that this way is not as good as this way it's but it's I mean it's a journey getting there you can't just go oh yeah that sounds good Jen okay yeah I'll do that I mean that's really a process well and I, one of my favorite sayings is you know there's not a there's not a bible or a book on satan right he's not like trying to get you to worship him he's, no they want you to worship self right and that's sure. like you're talking about achievements and what you're doing it's like who put those there right like generally we do. Like I don't think I've ever finished my to-do list in 12 years of being a professional. But I'm the one making them. And yet I go home and maybe I accomplished a lot that day and I'm feeling frustrated because mm -hmm. I didn't get everything done. Mm -hmm. And reality is like I put too much on there. You put too much or on there. my goal wasn't realistic enough. Because we're still fleshly people with, you know, 24 hours a day and you've got to sleep sometime. Or 
Eventually you do, or you're not well, going to be able to function. Well, you have those interactions and right. interruptions, excuse me, and just kind of what you're doing mm -hmm. there. Um, you know that six most important things to do list that we talked about in time management? Mm -hmm. That one of the hardest things I had to do as a national was, Lord, here's my six most important things, but maybe yours are different for me today, so help me just be aware of what your six most important things are. And asking for that help. Yes. because Which is acknowledging know, God and taking focus off of self. Right. And it's a journey. And I, I, I hate that we have such an instant, and even in my generation, there was instant success pressure. You know, and that we do try, we do try to help people get a win pretty quick so they can know what it feels like, you know, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be long term if they don't put some systems and foundations into place there. Because we see the one person. Mm. Well, I know that I've struggled with systems and foundations, and that's kind of what started to tweak yours. And it probably, right. when you do that, it, it provides more freedom. So when Baxter taught me how to get, and I got figured out how to get systems, I mean, once that, once I got to the place, the leader, not my people, once I got to the place where I could lead better, we started growing. You were back in. Mm-hmm. I was back in, and I've been in was a long time. So I had been a national one year when we bought the house we're in right now. Have you ever so that thought about... Stopping since then? Nope. I have said for 23 years, oh yes, we retire the January after our 65th birthday. <laughs> and I've said it and said it and said it. And now it's here. And so it's weird. But, you know, it's okay. Well, I want to touch on that. We're going to stop right here for a second. We're going to come right back, though. And I want to talk about today. Okay. Where you are today. Because it's, it's powerful, I think, in a lot of ways. And it's a lot. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back on this recording, but in a week, and you're watching, so thanks. <laughs>